And welcome back to the podcast, Everything You Never Needed to Know About Movies, Music, and Theater. I am your host, Matt. And you know what? I am tired of just talking about movies and just talking about theater. I've decided to do some movies and theater. So um, as you uh, people have known that I have had um, uh, various uh, play readings of my plays on this channel, we're going to start doing a couple of movie play script readings on this channel so this will be the first one um and it's perfect timing because this movie has to do a lot with the end of the world and we're coming to the end of 2020 so we're hoping that that dumpster fire is done so um uh, really hope you all enjoy dr strangelove uh that's what we'll be reading tonight i have a wonderful uh uh, cast with me here tonight. So I'm really excited. So we're going to get to it uh, uh, right away. So this is Dr. Strangelove. This is just the intro. <laughs> For more than a year, ominous rumors have been privately circulating amongst high-level Western leaders that the Soviet Union had been at work on what was darkly hinted to be the ultimate weapon, a doomsday device. Intelligence sources trace the site to a top-secret Russian project to the perpetual fog-shrouded wasteland be, uh, below the Arctic peaks of uh, Skovic Islands. What they were building or why it was being located in such a rem remote and desolate place no one could say. Cut to Burpison Air Force Base, night, interior uh, computer room, a phone buzzes. Uh, General Ripper, sir. Group Captain Mandrake speaking. Uh, Ripper sits at his desk, cigar smoke waffling through the light of his desk lamp. This is General Ripper speaking. Yes, sir. You recognize my voice, Mandrake? I do, sir. Why do you ask? Why do you think I asked? Well, I don't know, sir. We spoke just a few moments ago on the phone, didn't we? You don't think I'd ask you if you recognize my voice unless it was pretty damned important, do you, Mandrake? No, I don't, sir. No. All right. Let's see if we can stay on the ball. Has the wing confirmed holding at their false failsafe points? Yes, sir. The confirmed... Confirmations have all just come in. Very well now. Listen to me carefully. The base is being put on condition red. I want this flash to all sections immediately. Condition red, sir? Yes, jolly good idea. Keep, keeps the men on their toes. Group captain, I'm afraid this is not an exercise. Not an exercise, sir? I shouldn't tell you this, Mandrake, but you're a good officer and you have a right to know. It looks like we're in a shooting war. Oh, hell! Are there Russians involved, sir? Mandrake, that's all I've been told. It just came in on the red phone. My orders are for the, this base to be sealed tight, and that's what I mean to do. Seal it tight. Now, I want you to transmit Plan R, R for Robert, to the wing. Plan R for Robert. Is that bad, sir? It looks like it's pretty hairy. Yes, sir. Plan R for Robert, sir. Now, 
Last and possibly most important, I want all privately owned radios to be immediately impounded. Yes, sir. They might be used to issue instructions to saboteurs. As I've previously arranged, air police will have lists of all owners and I want every single one of them collected without exception. Yes, sir. And after you've done that, report back to me. Lieutenant Ripper in his office, closing the blinds on the walls of the windows, looking out of the base. Outside, a siren sounds. Cut to airborne B-52 with escort. <clears throat> in order to guard against surprise nuclear attacks, American Strategic Air Command maintains a large force of B-52s, bombers airborne 24 hours a day. Each B-52 can deliver a nuclear payload of 50 megatons, equal to six times the total explosive force of all bombs and shells used by all the armies in World War II. Based in America, the airborne alert force is deployed from the Persian Gulf to the Arctic Ocean, but they have one geographic factor in common. They are all two hours from their target inside Russia. We cut to the interior of a B-52. Machines spring to life as the transmission arrives. Major Kong, I know you're going to think this is crazy, but I just got a message from base over the CRM-114. It decodes as wing attack plan R. R for Romeo. Goldie, did you just say wing attack plan R? Yes, sir, I have. Goldie, how many times have I told you guys I don't want no horsing around on the airplane? I'm not horsing around, sir. That's how it decodes. Well, I've been to one world fair, a picnic, and a rodeo, and that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard come over a set of earphones. You sure you got today's code? Yes, sir, it is. <sighs> There's just got to be something wrong. Wait, wait just a second. I'm coming back. Kong examines the decoded message in the code book. Maybe you better get a confirmation from base. Yes, sir. Major Kong, is it possible that this is some kind of loyalty test? You know, give the go code and then recall to see who would actually go? Ain't nobody ever got the go code yet. And old Ripper wouldn't be giving us any plan R unless them Ruskies have already clobbered Washington and a lot of other towns with a sneak attack. Yes, sir. Major Kong, message from base confirmed. Well, boys, I reckon this is it. Nuclear combat, toe to toe with the Ruskies. Kong climbs back into the cockpit. Now look, boys, I ain't much of a hand at making speeches, but I got a pretty fairly good idea that something goddog important's going on back there. And I got a fair idea of the kind of personal emotions that some of y'all fellas might be thinking. Heck, I reckon you wouldn't even be human beings if you didn't have some pretty strong personal feelings about nuclear combat. But I want you to remember one thing. The folks back home is accounting on you. And by golly, we ain't about to let him down. Tell you something else. This thing turns out to be half as important as I figure it just might be. I'd say you're all in line for some important promotions and personal citations when this thing's over with. That goes for every last one of you, regardless of your race, color, or your creed. Now, let's get this thing on the hump. 
We got some flying to do. All right, cut to General Turgeson's studio. Phone rings. Buck, should I get it? Yeah, you have to. Hello? Oh, yes, General Turgeson is here, but I'm afraid he can't come to the phone at the moment. Oh, well, this is his secretary, Miss Scott. Freddie, how are you? Oh, fine, and you? Oh, we were just catching up on some of the General's paperwork. Well, look, Freddie, he's very tied up at the moment. I'm afraid he can't come to the phone. Well, just a minute. General Turgeson, a General Puntridge calling. Uh, tell him to call back. Freddie, the general says, could you call back in a minute or two? Oh, he says it can't wait. Uh, for Pete, well, find out what he wants. Freddie, the thing is, the general is in the powder room right now. Could you tell me what it's about? Just a second. Apparently, they monitored a transmission about eight minutes ago from Burbleton Air Force Base. Right. It was directed to the 843rd bomb wing on an airborne alert. Yeah. It decoded as wing attack plan R. Uh, tell him to call, uh, what's his name? Base Commander Ripper. I have to think of everything. The general suggests you call General Ripper. The 843rd Air Base Commander. Oh. All communications are dead. Bull. Tell him to do it himself. Freddie, the general asked if you could possibly try again yourself. I see. He says he's tried personally several times, but everything is dead. Even the normal phone lines are shut down. Fred, Buck, what's it look like? Yeah? Are you sure it's plan R? What's cooking on the threatboard? Nothing? Nothing at all? No, I don't like the look of this, Fred. All right, I'll tell you what you do, old buddy. You better give Elmo and Charlie a blast and bump everything up to condition red and stand by by the blower. I'll get back to you. What's up? Nothing, nothing. Wear my shorts. On the floor. Where are you going? No place. No place. No, I just thought I'd mosey over to the war room for a few minutes and see what's going on over there. It's three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> the Air Force never sleeps. Buck. Honey, I'm not sleepy either. Oh, I know how it is, baby. I'll tell you what to do. You just start your countdown, and old Bucky will be back here before you can say, blast off. Cut to Burbison Air Force Base. Night Ripper's voice booms over the PA. Ready soldiers stand listening. Your commie has no regard for human life, not even his own. And for this reason, men, I want to impress upon you the need for extreme watchfulness. The enemy may come individually, or he may come in strength. He may even come in the uniform of our own troops. But however he comes, we must stop him. We must not allow him to gain entrance to this base. Now, I'm going to give you three simple rules. First, trust no one whatever his uniform or rank, unless he is known to you personally. Second, anyone or anything that approaches within 200 yards of the perimeter is to be fired upon. Third, if in doubt, shoot first and ask questions afterwards. 
I would sooner accept a few casualties through accident than lose the entire base and its personnel through carelessness. Any variation on these rules must come from me personally. Now, men, in conclusion, I would like to say in the two years it has been my privilege to be your commanding officer. I have always expected the best from you, and you have never given me anything less than that. Uh, cut to Burperson Air Force Base computer room, Mandrake, who has been closing up shop while listening to General, Speech's, General Ripper's speech, discovers a radio inside a line printer and switches it on. Soft jazz is playing. Today, the nation is counting on us. We are not going to let them down. Good luck to you all. Uh, cut to Airborne 52, uh, soundtrack. Uh, Jen, that could be your line. Here's the attack profile, sir. This is your attack profile to ensure that the enemy cannot monitor voice transmission or plant false transmission. The CRM-114 is to be switched into all receiver circuits. Emergency phase code prefix is to be set on the dials of the CRM. This will block any transmission other than those preceded by code prefix. Stand by to set code prefix. Roger, ready to set code prefix. Set code prefix. OPE, code prefix set. Lock code prefix. Code prefix locked. Switch all receiver circuits to CRM discriminators. All circuits switch to CRM discriminators. Check auto-destruct circuits. Auto-destruct circuits checked. Primary target, the ICBM complex at Laputa. Target reference, Yankee Golf Tango 360. 30 megaton nuclear device fused for airborne at 10,000 feet. 20 megaton nuclear device will be used if first one malfunctions. Otherwise, proceed to secondary target. Missile complex seven miles east of Barshaw. Target reference November Bravo X-ray 108. Fused Airbus at 10. Check, 12,000 feet. Cut to Burbison Air Force Base. Mandrake walks hurriedly through the halls to, with a portable radio playing another jazz tune, now upbeat. Mandrake enters Ripper's office. Excuse me, sir. Something rather interesting just cropped up. Listen to this music, civilian broadcasting. I think those fellows in the Pentagon have given us some sort of exercise to test our readiness. Personally, I think it's taking it a bit too far. Our fellows will be inside Russian radar covering in about 20 minutes. You listen to that. Traffic block full of stations all churning it out. Mandrake? Yes, sir? I thought I issued instructions for all radios on this base to be impounded. Well, you did, sir. But I was in process of impounding this very one when I happened to switch it on. I thought to myself, our fellows hitting Russian radar cover in 20 minutes, dropping all this stuff. I'd better tell you, because if they do, he'll cause it. Bit of a stink, won't it? 
Group captain, the officer exchange program does not give you any special prerogatives to question my orders. Well, I realize that, sir, but I thought you'd rather be pleased to hear the news. I meant after all, let's face it, if we don't want to start a nuclear war, unless we really have to, do we? Please sit down and turn that thing off. Yes, sir. Ah, what about the planes, sir? Surely you must issue the recall code immediately. Group captain, the planes are not going to be recalled. My attack orders have been issued and the orders stand. Well, if you'll excuse me, sir, saying so, if that would be to my way of thinking, rather. Well, rather the odd way of looking at it. You see, if a Russian attack was in progress, we would certainly not hearing civilian broadcasting. Are you certain of that, Mandrake? I'm absolutely positive about that, sir, yes. And what if it is true? Well, I'm afraid I'm still not with you, sir, because, I mean, if a Russian attack was not in progress, then your use of Plan R, in fact, of your orders to the entire wing, Oh, well, I would say, sir, that there was something directly wrong somewhere. Now, why don't you just take it easy, group captain, and please make me a, a drink of green alcohol and rainwater and help yourself to whatever you'd like. General Ripple, sir, as an officer on Her Majesty's Air Force, it is my clear duty under the present circumstances to issue the recall code upon my own authority and bring back the wing, if you'll excuse me, sir. Mentor, ah, I'm afraid, sir, I must ask you for the key and the recall code. Have you got them handy, sir? I told you to take it easy, group captain. There's nothing anybody can do about this thing now. I'm the only person who knows the three-letter code group. Then I must insist, sir that you give them to me. Ripper lifts the folder off of his desk and tosses it aside, revealing a blued pearl-handed 45 automatic. Do I take it, sir, that you are threatening a brother officer with a gun? Mandrake, I suppose it never occurred to you that while we're chatting here so enjoyably, a decision is being made by the President and the Joint Chiefs in the war room at the Pentagon. And when they realize there is no possibility of recalling the wing, there will be only one course of action open, total commitment. Mandrake, do you recall what Clemenza once said about war? No, I don't think I do, sir, no. He said war was too important to be left to the generals. When he said that 50 years ago, he might have been right. But today, war is too important to be left to politicians. They have neither the time, the training, nor the inclination for strategic thought. I can no longer sit back and allow communist infiltration, communist indoctrination, communist subversion, and the international communist conspiracies to sap and impurify all of our precious bodily fluids. Cut to war room in the Pentagon. Sam, is everybody here? 
Madam President, the Secretary of State is in Vietnam, the Secretary of Defense is in Laos, the Vice President is in Mexico City. We establish contact with them at any time if necessary. Under Secretaries are all here, of course. Right, now, General Turgidson, what's going on here? Madam President, about 30 minutes ago, General Jack Ripper, the commanding General of Burpison Air Force Base, issued an order to the 34 B-52s of his wing, which were airborne at the time as part of a special exercise we were holding called Operation Dropkick. Now, it appears that the order called for the planes to attack their target inside Russia. The planes are fully armed with nuclear weapons with an average load of 40 megatons each. Now, the central display of Russia will indicate the position of the planes. The triangles are their primary targets. The squares are the secondary targets. The aircrafts will be penetrating Russian radar cover within 30, 25 minutes. General Targetson, I find this very difficult to understand. I was under the impression that I was the only one in authority to order the use of nuclear weapons. Uh, that's right, madam. You are the only person authorized to do so. And although I hate to judge before all the facts are in, it's uh, beginning to look like General Ripper exceeded his authority. It certainly does. Far beyond the point I would have imagined possible. Well, perhaps you are forgetting the provisions of Plan R, madam. Plan R? Plan R is an emergency war plan in which a lower echelon commander may order nuclear retaliation after a sneak attack if the normal chain of command is disrupted. You approved of it, madam. Uh, you, you must remember. Surely you must recall, madam, when uh, Senator Buford made that big hassle about our deterrent lacking credibility. The idea was for Plan R to be a sort of retaliatory safeguard. A safeguard. I admit the human element seems to have failed us here, but the idea was to discourage the Ruskies from any hope that they could knock out Washington or yourself, madam, as part of a sneak attack um, and escape retaliation because of a lack of a proper control and control uh, and command. Well, I assume then that the planes will return automatically once they reach their failsafe points? Well, madam, I'm afraid not. You see, the planes were holding at their failsafe point when the GO code was issued. Now, once they fly beyond their failsafe, they do not require a second order to proceed. They will fly until they reach their targets. Then why haven't you radioed the planes countermanding the GO code? Well, I'm afraid we're unable to communicate with any of the aircrafts. Why? As you recall, madam, one of the provisions of Plan R provides that once the GO code is received, the normal SSB radios in the aircraft are switched into a special coded device, which I believe is designated as CRM-114. Now, in order to prevent the enemy from issuing fake or confusing orders, the CRM-114 is designated to not receive at all unless the message is preceded by the correct three-letter uh, code uh, prefix. Then do you mean to tell me, General Turgidson, that you will be unable to recall the aircraft? That's about the size of it. However, we are plowing through every possible three-letter combination of code. But since there are 17,000 permutations, it's going to take us about two and a half days to transmit them all. How soon did you say the planes would penetrate Russian radar cover? About 18 minutes from now, madam. Are you in contact with General Ripper? Uh, no, madam. No. Uh, General Ripper sealed off the base and cut off all communications. Where did you get all this information? 
a general repair called Strategic Air Command Headquarters shortly after he issued the GO code. And I have a partial transcript of that conversation if you'd like me to read it. Read it. Uh, the duly officer asked General Ripper to confirm the fact that he had issued the go code and he said, um, yes, gentlemen, uh, they were on their way and no one's going to bring them back. For the sake of our country and our way of life, I suggest you get the rest of SAC in after them. Otherwise, they will be totally destroyed by red retaliation. My boys will give you the best kind of start, 1,400 megatons worth, and you sure as hell won't stop them now. Uh, so let's get going. There's no other choice. God willing, we will prevail in peace and freedom from fear and true health through the purity and essence of our own natural fluid. God bless you all. Then he hung up. We're still trying to figure out the meaning of that last phrase. There's nothing to figure out, General Targetson. This man is obviously a psychotic. Well, I'd like to hold off judgment on anything like that, madam, until all the facts are in. General Turgidson, when you instituted the human reliability tests, you assured me there was no possibility of such a thing ever occurring. Well, I don't think it's quite fair to condemn the whole program because of a single slip-up, madam. I want to speak to General Ripper on the telephone, personally. Uh, I'm afraid that's impossible, madam. General Targetson, I'm becoming less and less interested in your estimates of what is possible and impossible. General Faceman. Yes, sir. Are there any army units stationed anywhere near Burkelson? Well, let me check. Let me check, madam. Hello? Oh, I told you never to call me here. Don't you know where I am? Uh, look, baby, I can't talk to you now, but my president needs me. Of course Bucky would rather be there with you. Of course it isn't only physical. I deeply respect you as a human being, and someday I'm going to make you Mrs. Buck Turgeson. Now listen, you go back to sleep. Bucky will be back here as soon as he can. All right, listen, Shug, don't forget to say your prayers. Apparently, there's a 20, 23rd Airborne Division is stationed seven miles at the Avocado. General Faceman, I want them to enter the base, locate General Ripper, and put him in immediate telephone contact with me. Hey, yes, madam. Uh, madam President, if I may advise, under condition red, it is standard procedure that the base be sealed off and the base be defended by base security troops. Any force trying to enter there would certainly encounter very heavy casualties. Dinner Tennyson, with all due respect for your defense team, my boys can brush them aside without too much trouble. Madam President, there are one or two points I'd like to make, if I may. Go ahead, General. One, our hope of recalling the 834th, 43rd bomb ring are, become, are quickly being reduced to a very low order probability. Two, in less than 15 minutes from now, the Ruskies are gonna make radar contact with our planes. Three, when they do, they're gonna go absolutely ape and they're gonna strike back with everything they got. Now, four, if prior to this time, we've done nothing to suppress their retaliatory capabilities, we will suffer virtual annihilation. Now, five. If, on the other hand, we were to immediately launch an all-out coordinated attack on their, all their airfields and missile bases, we'd stand a damn good catch of catching them with their pants down. Hell, we got five to one missile superiority as it is. We could easily assign three missiles to every one target and still have a very effective reserve force for contingency. Now, 
six. An unofficial study which we undertook for this eventuality indicated that we would destroy 90% of their nuclear capabilities. We would therefore prevail and suffer only modest and acceptable civilian casualties from the remaining forces, which would be badly damaged and uncoordinated. General, it is the avowed policy of our country never to strike first with nuclear weapons. <laughs> Madam President, I would say that General Ripper, Ripper has already invalidated that policy. <laughs> that was not an act of national policy, and there are still alternatives left open to us. Madam President, we are rapidly approaching a moment of truth, both for ourselves as human beings and for the life of this nation. Now, truth is not always a pleasant thing, but it is necessary now to make a choice, to choose between two immediately regrettable, but nevertheless distinguishable post-war environments. One where you got 20 million people killed and the other where you get 150 million people killed. You're talking about mass murder, General, not war. Madam President, I'm not saying we wouldn't get our hair must, but I do say no more than 10 to 20 million killed tops, depending on the breaks. I will not go down in history as the greatest mass murderer since Adolf Hitler. Perhaps it would be better, Madam President, if you were more concerned with the American people than with your image in the history books. General Turgidson, I think I've heard quite sufficient from you. Thank you very much. Madam President, they have the ambassador waiting upstairs. Oh, good. Any difficulty? They say he's having a fit about the squad of MPs. Yes, that can't be helped. Have him brought down here straight away. Yes, madam. Is, is that the Russian ambassador you're talking about? Yes, it is, General. Ah. Am I to understand that the Russian ambassador is going to be admitted entrance to the war room? That is correct. He's here on my orders. I, I don't know how to put this, madam, but... Are you aware of what serious breach of security this would be? I mean, uh, he'll, see, he'll see everything. He'll see the big board. That is precisely the idea, General. That is precisely the idea. Staines, get Premier Kiss off on the hotline. Cut to interior airborne B-52. Survival kit contents checked. In them you will find one 45 caliber automatic, two boxes of ammunition, four days concentrated emergency rations, one drug issued containing antibiotics, morphine, vitamin pills, pet pills, sleeping pills, tranquilizer pills, one miniature combination, Rouchon phrase book and Bible, $100 in ruples, $100 in gold, nine packs of chewing gum, one issue of prophylactics, three lipsticks, three pair of nylon stockings. Shoot, fellow could have a pretty good weekend in Vegas with all that stuff. <laughs> Cut back to war room. <laughs> uh, the uh, decent disky enters in a great coat, finishes with in contents of drinking glass and places a glass on the banquet table covered with an ornate rally uh, array of meat, breads, and pies. You don't have any fresh fish? Uh, I'm afraid not, sir. Your eggs then, they are fresh? Uh, yes, sir. I will have poached eggs and bring me some cigars, please. Havana cigars. 
and that'll be all for you? Yes. Uh, then I'll see to it right away. Try one of these Jamaican cigars, Ambassador. They're pretty good. Thank you, no. I do not support the work of imperialist stooges. Oh, only commie stooges, huh? Madam President, you're not going to let that lousy commie punk vomit all over us like this? Madam President, we haven't been able to reach Premier Kosov Kisov in the Kremlin. They say they don't know where he is, and he won't be back for another two hours. Try be it 6543 Moscow. Yes, sir. You would have never found him through his office, Miss Madam President. Our premier is a man of the people, but he is also a man, if you follow my meaning. <laughs> Fine. What did you say? I said Premier Kisov is a degenerate atheist commie. That's what I said. Madam President, I formally request that you have this ignorant fool removed from the war room. Sadisky, so uh, Muffley, and Turgeson form triangle spat, waving at each other, pointing a finger at each other. I think they're trying the number. Uh, track on Muffley as he walks towards Staines. Struggle begins between Sadisky and Turgeson. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. What's going on in here? I demand an explanation. This clumsy fool tried to plant that ridiculous camera on me. Uh, you bet your sweets, Mr. Kami. Look at this, Madam President. This lousy Kami rat was taking pictures of with this thing of the big board. Mr. Ambassador. This clumsy fool attempted to plant a ridiculous camera on me. That's a damn lie. I saw him with my own eyes. Gentlemen, this is outrageous. I've never heard of such behavior in the war room before. Madam President, they're getting him on the line. All right, cut to Burperson Air Force Base. The attack begins. You sure got the hand it to those commies? Yeah. Gee, those trucks look like the real thing, don't they? I wonder where they got them from. Probably got, bought them from the Army as war surplus. Okay, <laughs> open up at 200 yards. Fire fight begins. Cut to Ripper's office. Ripper and Bandrake listening to the fighting in silence. Cut back to the war room. Tell them where you are and that you'll enter the conversation if I say anything that's untrue. But please don't tell them anything more than that. Alexi, Alexi, please, I beg you. I don't have a phone. Give him your phone, Frank. Governor Dersetsky. Da, da. Niet. Da. I've done as you've asked. Be careful, Madam President. I think he's drunk. Hello? Hello, Dimitri? Listen, I can't hear too well. Do you suppose you could turn that music down just a little? Oh, that's much better. Yes, fine, I can hear you now. Dimitri, clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good, then. Well then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. <laughs> now then, Dimitri. You know how we've always talked about the possibility of something going wrong with the bomb? The bomb, Dimitri. The hydrogen bomb. Well, now what happened is one of our base commanders, he had sort of a, well, he, he went a little funny in the head, you know, just a little funny. And uh, he, he went and did a silly thing. Well, I'll tell you what he did. He ordered his planes to attack your country. Let me finish, Dimitri. Let me finish, Dimitri. Well, listen. 
how do you think I feel about it? Can you imagine how I feel about it, Dimitri? Why do you think I'm calling you? Just to say hello? Of course I'd like to speak to you. Of course I'd like to say hello. Not now, but anytime, Dimitri. I'm just calling up to tell you something terrible has happened. It's a friendly call. Of course it's a friendly call. Listen, if it wasn't friendly, you probably wouldn't have even got it. They will not reach their targets for at least another hour. I am. I'm positive, Dimitri. Listen, I've been all over this with your bet ambassador. It's not a trick. Well, I'll tell you. We'd like to give you air staff a complete rundown of the targets, the flight plan, and the defensive systems of the planes. Yes, I mean, if we're unable to recall the planes, then I'd say that, uh, well, we're just gonna have to help you destroy them, Dimitri. I know there are boys. All right, well, listen, who should we call? Who should we call, Dimitri? The people? Sorry, you faded away there. The People's Central Air Defense Headquarters. Where's that, Dimitri? In Omsk? Right, yes. Oh, you'll call them first, will you? Uh-huh. Listen, do you happen to have the phone number on you, Dimitri? What? I see. Just ask for Omsk information. I'm sorry, too, Dimitri. I'm very sorry. All right, you're sorrier than I am, but I am sorry as well. I'm as sorry as you are, Dimitri. Don't say that you're more sorry than I am because I am capable of being just as sorry as you are. So we're both sorry, all right? All right. Yes, he's right here. Yes, he wants to talk to you. Just a second. Privia. Yeah, yeah. Dobry dien. Niet. 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 Dosvedanya. What? What is it? What? The fools. The mad fools. What happened? The doomsday machine. The doomsday machine? What is that? A device which will destroy all human and animal life on Earth. All human and animal life? At uh, Ripper's office, Mandrake is sitting worriedly on the couch. Uh, Ripper puts a comforting arm around his shoulder. Mandrake? Yes, Jack? Have you ever seen a commie drink a glass of water? Well, no. I, I can't say I have, Jack. Vodka. That's what they drink, isn't it? Never water. Well, I... I believe it's what they drink, Jack, yes. On no account will a commie ever drink water. And not without good reason. Oh, yes. Yeah. I don't quite see what you're getting at, Jack. Water. That's what I'm getting at. Water. Mandrake, water is the source of all life. Seven-tenths of this Earth's surface is water. Why, you realize that 70% of you is water? God. And as human beings, you and I need fresh, pure water to replenish our precious bodily fluids. Y yes. You're beginning to understand? Yes. <laughs> Mandrake, Mandrake, have you never wondered why I drink only distilled water or rainwater or only pure grain alcohol? Well, it did occur to me, Jack, yes. Have you ever heard of a thing called fluoridation? Fluoridation of water? Um, 
Well, yes, I I've heard of that, Jack. Yes. Well, do you know? Do you know what it what it is? No, no, I don't know what it is. No. Do you realize that fluoridation is the most monstrously conceived and dangerous communist plot we have ever had to face? A window in the office is shot through by automatic weapon fire. Who can play at that game, soldier? Uh, more rounds ricochet through the office, cutting down the overhead desk lamp. That's nice shooting, soldier. Uh, Ripper produces a machine gun from his golf bag in his closet. He turns off the lights, then sweeps his desk clear with the gun barrel, placing the gun squarely on his desk. Mandrake, come here. <gasps> you, you're calling me, Jack? Just come over here and help me with this belt. I, I haven't had very much experience, you know, with those, those sort of machines, Jack. I only ever press a button in my old Spitfire. Mandrake, in the name of Her Majesty and the Continental Congress, come here and feed me this belt, boy. Jack, I'd love to come, but what happened? You see, it, this, the string in my legs is gone. The what? The string. I had never told you, but you see, I've got a gammy leg. Oh, dear God. It, it's gone. It's shut off. Mandrake, come over here. The redcoats are coming. Come on. No! Cut the interior of a um, war room. When it is detonated, it will produce enough lethal radioactive fallout so that within 10 months, the surface of the Earth will be as dead as the moon. Come on, Deesa Dusky, this is ridiculous. Our studies show that even the worst fallout is uh, down to a safe level after two weeks. You've obviously never heard of Cobalt Thorium G. No, what about it? Cobalt Thorium G has a radioactive half-life of 93 years. If you take, say, 50 H-bombs in the 100 megaton range and jacket them with Cobalt Thorium G, when they are exploded, they will produce a doomsday shroud, a lethal cloud of radioactivity which will encircle the earth for 93 years. Oh, what a lot of commie bull. I mean, after all. I'm afraid I don't understand something, Alexi. Is Vermeer threatening to explode this if our planes carry out their attack? No, ma'am. It is not a thing a sane man would do. The doomsday machine is designed to trigger itself automatically. But surely you can disarm it somehow. Yet, it is designed to explode if any attempt is ever made to untrigger it. Automatically? Uh, it's an ob obviously a commie trick, Madam President. Uh, we're wasting valuable time. Uh, look at the big board. They're about to clobber us. But this is absolute madness, Ambassador. Why should you build such a thing? There are those of us who fought against it. But in the end, we could not keep up with the expense involved in the arms race, the space race, and the peace race. And at the same time, our people grumble for more nylons and washing machines. Our doomsday scheme cost us just a small fraction of what we'd been spending on defense in a single year. But the deciding factor was when we learned that your country was working along similar lines. And we were afraid of a doomsday gap. 
this is preposterous. I've never approved of anything like that. Our source was the New York Times. Dr. Strangelove, do we have anything like that in the works? Staines and Turgeson, who have been listening to Muffley and Sadisky, Staines station uh, at the round table, slowly turn their head in search of Strangelove. A moment, please, Mr. President. Stomps one foot on the tile floor, pushes back from the table, and wheels towards the discussion between Muffley and uh, Deesa Dusky. Under the authority granted me as director of weapon research and development, I commissioned last year a study of these projects by the Bland Corporation. Based on the findings of the report, my conclusion was that this idea was not a practical deterrent uh, for reasons which, at this moment, must be all too obvious. Then you mean it is possible them, for them to have built such a thing? Mr. President, the technology required is easily within the means of even the smallest nuclear power. It requires only the will to do so. But how is it possible for this thing to be triggered automatically and at the same time impossible to untrigger? Mr. Oh, look. You're not a mister, you're a madame. I, I apologize. Madame, president, my dear. It is not only possible, it is essential. That is the whole idea of this machine. You know, deterrence of the art of producing in the mind of the enemy is the fear to attack. And so, because of the automated and irrevocable decision-making process which rules out human meddling, the doomsday machine is terrifying. It's simple to understand and completely credible and convincing. Yeah, I wish we had one of those doomsday machines, Stainsy. But this is fantastic, strange love. How can it be triggered automatically? Well, Madame President, it is remarkably simple to do that. When you really wish you bury bombs, there is no limit to the size. After that, they are connected to a gigantic complex of computers. Now then, a specific and clearly defined set of circumstances under which the bombs are to be exploded is programmed into a tape memory bank. Strange love. What kind of name is that? They ain't no crap name, is it, Stancy? He changed it when he became a citizen. It used to be Merk Work Diggly Bit. Crap, I any other name. How strange. <laughs> Yes! But the whole point of this doomsday machine is lost. If you keep it a secret, why didn't you tell the world, huh? It was to be announced at the party congress on Monday. As you know, the premier loves surprises. 
Cut to exterior, Burpleson Air Force Base, firefight continues. Uh, cut to Ripper office, bullets cut down picture frames behind the desk. Ripper standing, shoots back at unseen machine gunner. Mandrake is now cr crouching by his side. Uh, Stay with me, Mandrake. Ripper and Mandrake crawl to one side of the desk. All right, Mandrake, now feed me. Feed me. Ripper stands and exchanges fire with attacking troops. Enemy fire subsides. You don't think we better off with some other part of the room away from all these flying glass? Ah, uh, nah. We're okay here, Mendrake. Do you realize that in addition to fluoridated water, like, there are studies underway to fluoridate salt, flour, fruit juices, soup, sugar, milk, ice cream? Ice cream, Mandrake. Children's ice cream. Oh, good lord! You know when fluoridation first began? No! No, I don't, Jack! No! 1946. 1946, Mandrake. How does that coincide with your post-war commie conspiracy, huh? It's incredibly obvious, isn't it? A foreign substance is introduced into our precious bodily fluids without the knowledge of the individual, and certainly without any choice. That's the way your hardcore commie works. Jack, Jack, listen, tell me. When did you first become, well, develop this theory? Well, I, uh, I first became aware of it, Mendrick, during the physical act of love. <laughs> yes, a profound sense of fatigue, a feeling of emptiness followed. Luckily, I was able to interpret these feelings correctly. Loss of essence. Yes? I can assure you it has not recurred, Mandrake. Women, women sense my power, and they seek the life essence. I do not avoid women, Mandrake, but I do deny them my essence. <laughs> yes. Oh, sorry. Cut to Burbison Air Force Base. Firefight settles into a surrender of Jack's defend, uh, defending troops. Cut to Ripper's office. Boys must have surrendered. It's the way it is. <laughs> now, Jack, listen. While there's still time, I beg you, let's recall the wing. Those boys were like my children, Mandrake. Now they let me down. No, no, Jack! Not a bit of it, no! I'm sure they all give you their very best, and I'm equally sure that they all died thinking of you. Every man, Jack of them. <laughs> Jack, supposing a bit of water has gone off, and certainly none can never be too sure about those sort of things. Would you look at me now? Do I look all rancid and clotted? Look at me, Jack! Look! Look! But and I don't, I, I don't drink, wait a minute, I do drink a lot of water, you know? I am what you might call a waterman, Jack. That's what I am. And I can swear to you, my boy, swear to you that there's nothing wrong with my bodily fluids. Not a thing, Jack, eh? Mandrake, were you ever a prisoner of war? Jack. The time's running out for you, huh? Were you ever a prisoner of war? Uh, 
Yes, I was. Matter of fact, Jack, I was. Did they torture you? Oh, yes! Yes, they did. I was tortured by the Japanese, Jack. If you must know, not a pretty story. Well, what happened? Oh, well, I don't know, Jack. Difficult to think under these conditions. But, well, what happened was that they got me on the old Rangoon HNRR Railway. I was laying train mines for the bloody Japanese. Puff, puffs! No, I mean when they tortured you. Did you talk? Uh, no, I, uh, I don't think they wanted me to talk, really. I don't think they wanted me to say anything. It was that they were having a, a bit of fun. The swines! Strange things as they much a bloody good cameras. You know those clowns outside are going to give me a pretty good going over in a few minutes for the code. Yes. Does the double take? Yes. Will, you have a, quite a point there, Jack. I don't know how well I could stand up under torture. Well, of course, the answer to that is, boy, no one ever does. And my advice to you, Jack, is give me the code now. And if those devils come back and try any rough stuff, we'll fight them together. Boy, like we just did now, on the floor. <laughs> you with the old gun and me with the belt and the ammo. Feeding you, Jack. Feed me, you said, and I was feeding you, Jack. No, Mandrake, I happen to believe in a life after this one. And I know that I'll have to answer for what I've done. And I think I can. Why, yes! Of course you can, Jack! Of course you can! I'm a religious man myself, you know, Jack. I believe in all sorts of things, and I'm hoping you know, Jack. Jack uh, rises following Ripper, who is walking despondently around the room, dragging the 50 cal, which he lets fall. You dropped your gun, Jack, yes? Picks up the machine gun and carries it. You know what I'm... Uh, Ripper begins to remove his jacket. Here, now, Jack, let me take that off you. I'll take that for you, Jack. Takes Ripper's jacket and drapes it over the gun. And you know what I'm hoping, Jack. I'm hoping you are going to give me the code. Boy, that's what I'm hoping. I'm... Uh... Ripper enters the washroom. Oh, and you're going to have to little wash and you know, brush up, are you? What a good idea. Always did wonders for a man, Jack. Oh, a little wash and brush up. Water on the back and of the neck and of makes you feel marvelous. That's what we need, Jack. Water on the neck of the back of the code. Now, you are supposing I play a little guessing game with you, Jack boy. Ripper shuts the washroom door. I'll try and guess. I'll try and guess what the code is. A gunshot rings out from within the washroom. Mandrake gapes at the closed door, drops the machine gun, and pushes the door, which is blocked after opening a few inches. Cut to the air, airborne B-52. Hello, pilots and navigator. I'm ready with the fuel figures now. We have 109,000 total, 79,000 in the mains, and 30,000 in the auxiliaries. And that works out to roughly 7 hours, 15 minutes endurance for this time. PSO to Captain, I have an identified radar blip. Distance, 60 miles. Approximate speed, Mach 3. Looks like a missile tracking us. 
Confirmed. Definite missile track. Commence evasive action right. Missile still closing range. Distance, 50 miles. Continue evasive action. Lock ECM to target intercept mode. ECM lock to target intercept mode. Missile still tracking and closing distance. Range, 40 miles. Continue evasive action. Electronic guidance scrambler to blue grid. Missile still tracking steady and closing distance. Range, 30 miles. Missile still closing true and steady. Continue evasive action. Range, 20 miles. Missile still closing distance and tracking steady. Evac range gate on maximum scan. Range gate on maximum scan. Range, 10 miles. Missile track deflecting. Continue evasive action. Deflection increasing. Range, 8 miles. Deflection still increasing. Range, 6 miles. Missile still deflecting. Range, 4 miles. Range, 2 miles. Missile still deflecting. Range, 1 mile. Missile detonated. The sword voice is audible through the... Uh, headset intercom. Kong is jolted as a shock wave hits the plane. Crew scrambles to attend to fires, regain control of air aircraft. Spot lever to cut off. Reselect to central power. Extinguishers. Transfer switches. Boost pumps up. Fuel valves three, four, and six. Give me full power. Aircraft returns to straight and level under control. Cut to Burperson Air Force Base, Ripper's office. Mandrake examines a notepad on Ripper's desk. It is covered with doodles and interlocking pattern of words, peace on earth and purity of essence. Peace on earth, peace on earth, peace on earth, peace on earth. P-O-E, purity of essence, O-P-O-E. Shots, shots ring out as the door lock is destroyed and the door of the office opens. Enter Bat Guano, brandished with M1 uh, carbine. Put your hands over your head. What the devil do you think you're doing? Shooting your way in here. Who are you? I said, put your hands over your head. What kind of suit you call that fella? What do you mean, suit? This happens to be an art. F uniform, sir, and I am Group Captain Lionel Mandrick. I am General Ripper's executive officer. Where's General Ripper? He's dead in the bathroom. Where's the bathroom? Next to you. Guano peers around the bathroom door and whistles in exclamation. Look, I don't know what's sort of stupid game this is playing, but I've got a very good idea what a small code, recall code, is, and I have to get in touch with CAC headquarters immediately. I said put your hands over your head and keep them there. Got any witnesses? Witnesses? What are you talking about witnesses? He shot himself! While he was shaving, huh? <laughs> now look, Colonel Bat Guado! If that really is your name, may I tell you that I have very, very good idea. I think I hope and pray what the recall code is. It's some sort of recurrent theme he kept repeating. It is a variation on peace on earth or purity of essence. E-O-P-O-P-E-R. It's one of those. Put your hands up on top of your head. Start walking. Don't you know that General Reaper wanted, went as mad as a bloody marcher and sent his wild wing to attack the Soviets? Don't you know that? What are you talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. 
I'm going to pick up this red telephone with his, it is connected to the S-A-C. And I hope, blast, blast, shut away. I accept back by one of your men during this ridiculous fighting. Picks up another phone. Right. Glances down to discover this phone has no cord at all. All right, Charlie, I've been wasting too much time on you. I got a lot of wounded men outside. Start walking. I cut to B-52. Goldie is examining the damage to the radios. All the radio gear is out, including the CRM-114. I think the auto-destruct mechanism got hit and blew itself up. The fire is out. Emergency power is on. Everything seems to check out all right. We'll advise. Roger. Navigator. I've worked out our rate. A few loss at approximately 162 per minute. This gives us a radius of action sufficient to take up primary and secondary targets. But we will not, repeat, will not be able to make it back to any base or neutral country. However, we would have enough fuel to ditch at weather ship Tango Delta. Grid coordinates 003691. Now, boys, we got three engines out. We got more holes in us than a horse trader's mule. The radio's gone and we're leaking fuel. As if we was flying any lower, wow, we need sleigh bells on this thing. But we got one little budge on them rooskies. At this height, they might harpoon us, but they dang sure ain't gonna stop us on no radar screen. Cut to Burbison Air Force Base hallway. Uh, Guano is marching Mandrake out of Ripper's office at gunpoint. The other way. Where are you taking me? The main gate. Colonel! Colonel, I must know what you think has been going on here. You want to know what I think? Yes. I think you're some kind of deviated prevert. And I think General Ripper found about, out about your preversion and that you organized some kind of mutiny of preverts. Now move. On top of that, I don't know anything about any planes attacking Russia. All I was told to do is get General Ripper on the phone to the President of the United States. Just one second. You just said the president. What about the president? Now, the president wants to speak to General Ripper, doesn't he? Now, General Ripper is dead, is he not? I am General Ripper's executive officer, so the president will bloody well want to speak to me, won't he? There's a telephone box over there, and the line may be open. You want to talk to the president of the United States? I don't want to talk to him, Colonel. I've got to talk to him. And I can assure you, if you don't put that gun away and stop the stupid nonsense in the court of inquiry, on this I'll give you such a pranging, you'll be lucky if you end up wearing the uniform of a bloody toilet attendant. Okay, go ahead. Try and get the President of the United States on the phone. Mandrink enters the phone booth and closes the door. Guano pushes it back open. If you try any perversions in there, I'll blow your head off. Uh, Mandrake places coins in the slot and dials. Operator, this is the group captain Lyle Mandrake. I'm speaking from the Burbleson Air Force Base. Look, something very urgent has come up, and I want you to place in an emergency person-to-person -person call with President Mary Muffley to the Pentagon, Washington, D.C. Ah! Burbison 3 
dash nine one eight zero. No, I'm perfectly serious, operator. The president. Yes, the president of the United States. I'm sorry, I haven't got enough change. Uh, could you, could you make this a collect call, operator? Hendrick waits the call to be placed while Guano looks on. Just one second, operator. They won't accept the call. Have you got 50 cents? Well, you don't think I go into combat with loose change in my pocket, do you? <laughs> operator, look, it is possible to make this an ordinary, ordinary trunk call. Well, what do you call it? You know, uh... Perhaps on phone box with knuckles? Uh, uh, station to station. Counts change in his palm. Oh, blast! Still 20 cents short. Operator, hold on one. Uh, I should keep you a second. Colonel, that Coca-Cola machine, I want you to shoot to lock off it. There may be some change in there. That's private property. Colonel! Can you possibly imagine what is going to happen to you, your frame outlook of the way of life and everything, when they learn that you have obstructed a telephone call to the President of the United States? Can you imagine? Shoot it off! Shoot! With your gun! But that's what bullets are for, you twit! Okay. I'm going to get your money for you. But if you don't get the President of the United States on that phone, you know what's going to happen to you? What? You're going to have to answer to the Coca-Cola company. Turns the Coke uh, machine and fires into it. Change spills from the coin return slot as Guano bends to collect it. Coke streams from the bullet hole and showers his face. Cut to interior war room. This is SAC Communications Control. The recall code OPE is being acknowledged, Roger, by elements of the 843 bomb wing. These are the details. Missions 12, 22, 30, and 38 are reported destroyed by enemy action. All other missions have acknowledged recall code. This is SAC Communications Control, over and out. Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Madam President, I'm not sentimentalist at all by nature, but I think I know what's in every heart in this room. I think we ought to just bow our heads and give a short prayer of thanks for our deliverance. Uh, Lord, you have heard the wings of the angel of death fluttering over our heads from the valley of fear. Uh, You've seen fit to deliver us from the forces of evil and... uh... Excuse me, ma'am. Premier Kisov's calling again and he's hopping mad. Cut to interior airborne B-52. Fuel flow is active engines and leakage has increased. Now works out at zero... 205. Estimate rate remaining fuel at 8790. Roger. Confirm 205 per minute and remaining fuel 8790. Uh, cut to interior war room. No. No, Dimitri. There must be some mistake. No, I'm certain of that. I'm perfectly certain of that, Dimitri. Just a second. You know what he says? He says that one of the planes hasn't turned back. He says, according to information forwarded by our air staff, it's headed for the missile complex of Laputa. <laughs> That's impossible, Madam President. I, I, mean, I mean, look at the big board. Uh, 34 planes, 30 recall acknowledged, four splashes, and one of them was targeted for Laputa. Dimitri, 
Look, you've got an acknowledgement from every plane except the four you've shot down. Oh, oh. He says, hang on a second, Dimitri. He says their air staff now only claims three aircrafts confirmed. The fourth may only be damaged. Madam President, I'm beginning to smell a big, fat, commie rat. I mean, supposing Kissoff was lying about that fourth plane, just looking for an excuse to clobber us. I mean, if the spaghetti hit, hits the fan now, we're really in trouble. Dimitri, look, if this report is true and the plane manages to bomb the target, is it? Is this going to full? Is this going to set off the doomsday machine? Are you sure? Well, I, I guess you're just going to have to get that plane, Dimitri. Dimitri, I'm sorry they're jamming your radar and flying so low, but they're trained to do it. You know, it's it's initiative. Look, Dimitri, you know exactly where they're going, and I'm sure your entire air defense can stop a single plane. Listen, I mean, it's not going to help either one of us if the doomsday machine goes off. Now, is it? Stop, Dimitri. There's no point in you getting hysterical at a moment like this. Dimitri, keep your feet on the ground when you're talking, Dimitri. I, I'm not getting, no, Dimitri, I, I'm just worried, that's all. Look, now, if our air staff says its primary target is Laputa and its secondary target is Bordkov, I mean, it's true, Dimitri. You gotta believe it. Look, can I, Dimitri, can I give you just one more, can I just give you one word of advice, Dimitri? Listen, Dimitri. Put everything you've got into those two sectors and you can't miss. Uh, cut to interior of airborne B-52. Sir, if we continue to lose fuel at the present rate, I estimate we only have 38 minutes flying time, which will not even take us as far as the primary. Doggone it, sweets! You told me you'd get me to that primary! I'm sorry, sir. That estimate was based on the original loss rate factor, not 205. I don't give a hoot in hell how you do it. Just get me to the prom area, here. I'm sorry, sir, but those are the figures. We'll be lucky to reach Weathership at Tango Delta. Well, shoot. We ain't come this far just to dump this thing in the drink. What's the nearest target opportunity? Sir, if the rate of loss does not increase, we have a chance to reach target 384, grid coordinate 00369, one and possibly make it from there to the Tango Delta weathership. What kind of a target is that anyhow? Sir, that's the ICBM complex at Codloss. All right. Designating new target 384. Give me a rough heading on that just as soon as you have it worked out, will you? To interior war room. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed, Dimitri. And remember, there's just one thing. We're all in this together. We're right behind you, Dimitri. We're with you all the way. Yes, well, we'll keep the line open. All right, Dimitri. General Targetson, is there really a chance for that plane to get through? Madam President, if I may speak freely. The Ruskies talk big, but frankly, we think he's short of know-how. I mean, you can't just expect a bunch of ignorant peons to understand a machine like some of our boys. And that's not meant as an excuse, uh, uh, Madam Ambassador. I mean, you take your average Ruski. We all know how much guts he has. Hell, look at him. Look at them all, them Nazis they killed off, and they still wouldn't quit. Can't you stick to the point, General? I'm sorry. If the pilots could, see? I mean, if he's really sharp... He can barrel that baby in so low. <laughs> you ought to see it sometime. It's a sight. A big plane, like a 52. Boom. There's a, a jet exhaust flying chickens in the barnyard. 
Yeah, but has he got a chance? Has he got a chance? How? Cut to interior airborne B-52. Navigator to captain. Approaching target. Distance one zero miles. Switch from green grid to target orange. Roger. Ready for final bomb run check. Take over ace. Roger. DSO ready. Bombardier ready, sir. Bomb fuse and master safety on. Electronics, barometrics, time and impact. Bomb fusing master safety's on. Electronic, barometric, time and impact. Fuse to ground burst. Delay factor yellow three. Fuse for ground burst. Delay factor yellow three. Bomb fusing circuits one through four. Test. Bomb fusing circuits one through four. Test. Lights on. Bomb arming test lights on one through four. Bomb arming test lights on one through four. Engage primary trigger switch override. Primary trigger switch override engaged. Track indicators to maximum deflection. Track indicators to maximum deflection. Detonator set to zero altitude. Detonator set to zero altitude. Release first safety. First safety release. First safety. Release second safeties. Second safety release. Second safety. Check bomb door circuits one through four. Uh, bomb door circuits, negative function. Lights red. Switch to backup circuits. Roger, backup circuits switched in, still negative function. Engage emergency power. Roger, emergency power on, still negative function. Operate manual override. Roger, uh, still negative function. The Teleflex drive cable must be sheared away. Fire the explosive bolts. Roger, um, still negative, sir. The operating circuits are dead, sir. Stay on the bomb run, Ace. I'm going down below, see what I can do. Roger. Stay on the bomb run, boys. I'm going to get them doors open if here's lips everybody on Bear Creek. Proceeds through the hatch to the bomb door. Kong studies a, sp a sparkling sta uh, tangle of wires above the suspended bomb and then climbs on top of it, fanning the sparks with his uh, uh, Stenson. Target orange grid reference checks. Target distance, eight miles. Roger, eight miles. Telemetric guidance computer into orange grid. Telemetric guidance computer into orange grid. Target distance, seven miles. Correct track indicator, minus seven. Roger, seven miles. Set GPI acceleration factor. GPI diversion factor set. Target distance, six miles. Roger, six miles. False indent transponder active. False indent transponder active. Target distance, five miles. Five miles. Bundling alignment factor, zero mode. Bundling alignment factor to zero mode. Target distance, four miles. Roger, four miles. Auto CDC into manual teleflex link. Auto CDC is to manual teleflex link. Target distance, three miles. Roger, three miles. Target in sight. Where in hell is Major Kong? Kong busily works to splice two wires together. He finishes, then attaches the alligator clip to the patch panel above his head. Bomb doors open. He grabs a stenson to keep it away from blowing away in a sudden uh, slipstream. <laughs> the bomb is dropped, and Kong is along with it. Hey, what about Major Kong? Hold on.
rides the bomb in a falling arc, waving his hat all over the place, celebrating in success, an ecstatic royal smile on reaching the ground, the bomb detonates. Cut to War Room. Damn, President Din, that's what you are. I would not rule out the chance to preserve a nucleus of human specimens. It would be quite easy. <laughs> See, some of our deeper mine shafts, at the bottom, the radioactivity would never penetrate a mine some thousands of deep. In a matter of weeks, sufficient improvements in dwelling space could easily be provided. How long would you have to stay down there? Well, let's see now. Searches within his lapel. Gee. Notices singular slide ruler in his gloved hand. A radioactive half-alive. Uh, I would think of a possibility a uh, hundred years. On finishing his calculations, he puts a slide ruler roughly from his glove hand and returns it within his jacket. You mean people could actually stay down there for a hundred years? It would not be difficult and for the uh, nuclear reactor. Could, uh, I'm sorry, Madame President, that's what you are. <clears throat> nuclear reactors could provide power almost indefinitely. Greek houses could maintain plant life. Animals could be bred and slaughtered. A quick survey would have to be made of all the available mine sites in the country. But I would guess that a uh, yeah, dwelling space for several hundred thousands of our people could easily be provided. Well, I, I would hate to have to decide who stayed up and who goes down. Well, that would be necessary, Madame President. That's what you are. I could be easily be accomplished with a computer. And a computer could be set programmed to accept factors from youth, health, sexual fertility, intelligence, and a cross-section of scary skills. Of course, it would be absolutely vital that our top government and military men would be included to foster and impart the required principles of leadership and tradition. Slams down left fist, right arm right, raises to a stiff Nazi salute. <laughs> Restrains right arm with left. Naturally, that would breed project. <laughs> there would be much time and little to do, but ah! Uh, with the proper breeding and techniques and the ratio of, say, 10 females to each male, I would guess that they could even work their way back to the present gross national product within, say, 20 years. But look here, Doctor. Wouldn't this nucleus of survivors be so grief-stricken and anguished that they'd, well, envy the dead and not want to go on living? No, madame. Right arm rolls his <laughs> wheelchair backwards. Uh, excuse me. Struggles with wayward arm, 
ultimately subduing it with a beating from his left. Also, when they go down into the mine, everyone would be still alive. There would be no shocking memories, and the prevailing emotion will be one <coughs> nostalgia for those left behind, combined with a spirit of bold curiosity for the adventures ahead. Right, right, our flexes into Nazi salute. He pulls it back into his lap and beats it again. Glove hand attempted to strangle him. Uh, doctor, you mentioned a ratio, a ratio of uh, 10 women to each man. Now, wouldn't that necessitate the abandonment for so-called monogamous sexual relationship, I mean, as far as men were concerned? Regrettably, yes! But it is, you know, a sacrifice required for the future of the human race. I hasten to add that since each man will be required to do so prodigious along these lines, the women will have to be selected for their sexual characteristics, which will have to be highly stimulating. I must confess, you have an astonishingly good idea there, Doctor. Thank you, madame. That's what you are. I think we should look at this from a military point of view. I mean, supposing the Riskies stash away some big bombs. See, when they come out in a hundred years, they could take over. Stusky begins to walk away from the crowd around Strangelove and the president toward the banquet table. Um, Lauren, just do that as um, stains. I agree, madam president. In fact, they might even try an immediate sneak attack, so they could take over our mine shaft space. Yeah, I would think it would be extremely naive of us, Madam President, to imagine that these new developments are going to cause any kind of change in Soviet expansion policy. Uh, Decent Dusky kneels unseen and begins photographing the big board with a secret camera within a pocket watch. I mean, we must be increasingly on the alert to prevent them from taking over other mineshaft space in order to breed more uh, prodigious than we do, thus knocking us out of superior numbers when we emerge. Madam President, we must not allow a mineshaft gap. Sir, I have a plan. Oh, I can walk. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the screenplay of Dr. Strangelove, written by Terry Southern and Stanley Kubrick. Um, for your delectation and uh, your actors, Mindy Pierce, uh, Lauren Dumont, Jennifer French, uh, Rachel Curran, Andrew Quinney, uh, James, I can never say your last name, James, please. Caffarella. James Caffarella and myself, Matthew Garland. Thank you so much for listening to uh, this episode. Uh, again, there'll be more coming up as we go on, but I want to thank you all for coming, and I hope you have a lovely night. If anyone has um, anything to plug or Instagram stuff, please uh, do so now.
Nope, guess not. Okay. <laughs> uh, check out the uh, Movie Critics uh, web series. Otherwise, uh, watch out, listen to the old episodes uh, on this channel. And again, have a great, great night. When you're looking to plan your next Disney World, Disneyland, or Disney Cruise Line vacation, we suggest you reach out to Danielle Elliott at Marvelous Mouse Travels. Danielle is a long, uh, lifelong Disney enthusiast, a former Walt Disney World cast member, and a graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge. When you book with her, your booking includes 100% free concierge level services, uh, some of which include customizing the perfect Disney vacation package for your, you and your family and your budget, uh, booking those difficult to secure fast passes and dining reservations, uh, providing tips and tricks to get out the most of your vacation, and more. Uh, Danielle also monitors Disney promotions to help you save money. For those uh, Disney trip veterans, still be in control of all the details. Danielle will take care of all your needs so you can have all the fun and truly say Akuna Matata throughout your time at Disney. Contact her for your free quote at danielle.elliot at marvelousmousetravels, one word, dot com, or by messenger, messen, messaging her on her Facebook page.